0: Hey guys, the following podcast is a Lady Gang Network and Podcast One production, which means it's going to be awesome.
1: Hey group chat, I know y'all see my text. There's tea to be spilled. Each week we're bringing you our unfiltered take on culture, news, dating, and our lives as black millennial women. We're coming to y'all with the honesty and eye rolls that only a text chain with your girls can. This is Black Girls Texting with Chelsea, Glenn, and Shadé.
2: Hello. And if you're wondering why you're not hearing the lovely voice of Miss Shade, it's because she's on yet another vacation. So here is Glenn Bedside Brat and Miss Chels Pinky kicking yes. off the episode. All right. <laughs> um, you will hear her voice later on in this episode, but Chelsea and I are here to uh, give you our on red and replies hold it down correct (laughs) so what's going on with you girl
1: on red or reply okay so I am leaving cat calling on red and I may (sighs) have done this before but like so okay this might sound stupid and corny but like I honestly don't really leave the house by myself all that much like
2: yeah I remember you talked about this actually
1: yeah it's like weird it's like I don't really leave the house by myself that much. Anyways, and when I do, it's literally like something always happens. (laughs) And I'm like, how did I live in New York this long? And like, did I just become used to it? Mm -hmm. And like now when it happens, it's like shocking to me. Like, like I was just walking up. Well, I decided to take the train because I'm like, okay, I need to be more (laughs) responsible with finances. I can't take an Uber or Curb everywhere. What's Curb? Oh, everyone should be using Curb. It's always cheaper than Uber and always cheaper than Lyft. If you live in New York City, it calls a yellow cab to your house.
2: Okay, because I'm now like an Uber Platinum member, essentially, uh, presumably, because I literally take Uber every day of my life. Oh, yet rich. Right, and yet I still have to wait 10 minutes for an Uber every time I call it, and I always get the surge price. So it's like, is this try what curb. the Platinum benefits are? Okay, word to try the wise, Curb. Try curb. Try so curb. anyway... Um, and
1: yeah, try curb slash. I bet your financial planner is ashamed of you.
2: Oh, she hates um, me.
1: <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> so I got on the train. The train was fine. Nothing crazy happened, um, which is rare because usually when I'm on the train by myself these days, something crazy happens to me. Um, but yeah, I got off the train. Someone screaming at me. Oh, yo, you look beautiful. How how do you know that when I have a full mask covering <laughs> half of my face? How do you know? And then the other day I went to Fulton Street, I was trying to buy some like nameplate earrings or some shit, and this like guy screams at me, "You a bad bitch, real hair." Oh but like God. which is <laughs> I guess is a, a kind gesture, but <laughs> but he screamed like it's I was giving startled. Unhinged.
2: Yeah, like, I was yeah. startled.
1: And then he started walking towards me and I was like, "No." <laughs> I was like, no, back up. And then he walked away.
2: I'm dead.
1: But it's like in New York City, like you really have to be careful. I, I forgot how crazy this, this city is. Has that I'm happened dead. to you? Or are you just um, used to it?
2: I mean, I don't know about aggressive. I mean, I'm sure I've had um, aggressive cat calls in my lifetime. But I have a I have a um hotline bling for you that is oh. related. So let's hold on that. Okay, okay. <laughs>
1: Um, and I also think when you're a taller woman, like it's, I don't know, but I'm kind of small. So like, I think people try it a lot,
2: Mm. um, Mm.
1: maybe. And then I am replying to Bravo. Like, honestly, it's just been giving me life. Like I -hmm. keep telling you and Sade to watch New Jersey, but (sighs) those girls are so far behind just it's worth it. Like that, that drama is so deep because it's oh, like really? fa- it's family drama. So it's not fake. It's like real family mm. drama. Someone got deported back to Italy. Like it's real shit. Um, and then this week, Bravo also had they had they have New York now. They have Beverly Hills, um, Married to Medicine. So Bravo's really just been giving me life. And I found a Bravo community on Clubhouse. So I'm always in those rooms <laughs> She's and. Back. People, yeah, I'm back. The mayor is (laughs)
2: presiding.
1: Yeah, back to clubhouse, (laughs) Um, and people um, really have like all the inside scoop. It's kind of crazy, like how they people like live and breathe Bravo.
2: It's a whole community.
1: Yeah, it's really. Yeah, I
2: mean, they have all the shows. I was thinking today, actually, because I only watch Bravo shows and like some random like e shows on. Amazon Prime and I always just pay like $2 to watch my episodes at this point because I have you know my little TV with all my little apps and things and I'm like at this point I literally okay. today was like should I just pay for Bravo because yeah. Bravo is giving the girls what they need there's probably several shows I could be watching on Bravo I might as well just give them my subscription money at this yeah. point
1: Yeah yes you and know? then the watch what happens live Right. That's also great. Recently, they had the entire Beverly Hills cast on, except for Erica, probably because her lawyer advised she was them in litigation.
2: Exactly. Right. Um. But yeah, how about you? How was your week going? Okay, so um, my on read is something that I just saw on Instagram, and I need to do a little more reading on this. I'm not entirely sure, like what the repercussions of all this are. But a friend of mine posted that in Texas, Governor Greg Abbott has signed into law a measure that would prohibit in texas abortions as early as six weeks which is incredibly early okay um which is before many people know that they are pregnant and this will open the door for almost any private citizen to sue abortion providers and others um even if they're raped correct even if they're raped and it just to me as soon as i read this it brought to mind that um video of that girl that is so iconic of her at the slut walk in LA. And she's like, they're like, how old are you? She's like, I'm grown. And I want y'all to know my body is not a political playground because that's how it feels. It feels like, like, like politicians are using women's bodies as a means to like get their rocks off and spar. And just like, I don't know how much people even genuinely care about abortion as much as they care about how it can uh, p- appease their followers or right. like the bigger the bigger gains that they can get, but they're not thinking about the humanity and the, the people that need access to abortions. So I just think right. it's fucking trash. Um, so we'll it see is. how that and, continues to develop. And they like make you
1: have these kids and then don't want to offer any sort of assistance.
2: Right. And then they, yeah, all of the things that they then criticize or, right. Or then like, don't want to give money to our results of the situations that they, that they created. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's trash. Um, I'm going to reply to, I know y'all bitches love to come at your girl. Like you don't leave the house. No. No, I realized this week that I am intentional about the way that I like to leave my house and I've felt I've probably talked about this on the show before um I get exhausted I'm learning at my older age that I do not feel like fulfilled by social settings that are like alcohol centered party centered bar centered turn up centered they don't fuel me like I feel like okay I went out I drank I laughed I don't really like to dance like that unless it's like really a moment so like I go home I spent money I drank and then what like and I'm embracing that and I'm like understanding that I don't have to put pressure on myself to be that person in order to like make people think I'm not boring or a grandma or to see my friends in those places yeah, I can course. see my friends in places that are more um I don't you know fancy. no I know because that, that's where I'm heading uh-huh. but that are like a little just more like They they just they feed me a little bit more I guess and this also connects to like the last episode that we did when we were talking about like what we love about New York and how on occasion I start to feel like why do I still live in this city and I had a therapy session this week and I was asking my therapist like literally I don't know why I still live here I feel like I'm living here very passively Mm -hmm. Um, but then this week a friend of mine invited me to an art show Um, I talked about him on the show too a little while back he like works for MoMA. And he does these, like, he curates, he'll bring, like, MoMA donors to small galleries in the city to mm-hmm. see, like, up-and-coming artists. So I went to this show in Chelsea. It was this guy named, this artist named Alvin Armstrong. And the show was all about um, the Black the black body, quote-unquote. I don't think he used that language, but I think the, the Black body in quotes is so like overused as a term, but I'm just going to use it now. The Black body right. in athleticism and how when we are, when Black people are like playing sports, it's a beautiful thing. People like celebrate our athleticism, but when the uniform is taken off, those same athletic abilities become threats. Mm. So like half of the exhibition is showing like Black people, It's a, he's a painter. So like Black people running, Black um, jockeys black people um just in sport and then on the other side of the gallery he has this whole like Row of like 10 paintings of black men only in white tees doing the same kind of motions that you would see in sports. But once you view it, it it seems like it's aggressive, right? Mm -hmm. And he was talking to me about how the white tee is a uniform within itself, but how the white tee is also something that can be viewed as a threat to some people. I don't know, it was amazing and it was like inspiring to me to have a night out in New York to go to a museum. And then after that, I went out for dinner. I stumbled into this restaurant that happened to be like Michelin starred and had a bomb ass dinner. And I was like in the West Village, just like looking around as people were walking down the street being all weird and all New York. And I was like, "Yeah, my in yes, New York. Shout
3: they out did. to
2: Raisa. I was like, just... Why you I saw Raisa. Okay, she said, she was
1: like, I wasn't sure because her hair was straight. <laughs> I thought I saw her. I stared her
2: right in her eyes and I was like, I think that's her. Yeah, she told <laughs> me she saw you. <laughs> her! She was having a very passionate conversation with someone oh but like it was very boss like I was like okay. I think that's her because she's having a boss ass conversation that's so funny yeah she um yeah that's great yeah I had a nice night and a good time all right on to my little hotline bling the segment that Chelsea hates I hate it so boy, as per the last the last episode where the girl's trying to tell me that you could meet anybody anywhere <laughs> on the street on the train I'm actually walking to the train to go to the city, to this art show. Mm -hmm. And I had a very low cut top on, but not like low suggestively. Like I had a low top on, no niggas are looking at me, but it's like the titties were sitting. I was cute. I knew I was cute. I was sashaying to the train late because I'm always late. And I hear a voice behind me and this man is like, hello, whatever. And I'm not listening. And he's like, oh, you going to make my efforts go in vain. (laughs) And I'm like the gall. So I turn around because the gall and i see an outfit that looks great i see a body that looks nice Ooh. i see like a tight polo but like arms everything looks great and i'm like i slow my i slow my pace <laughs> catch up nigga right. so he comes over it's giving like 35 to 37 year old bedsty dude like chain gold watch all that kind of stuff fitted like smells like cologne very clean very crisp nice sneakers like that mm-hmm. whole thing and we're chatting it up whatever really fast I'm like I'm going to a museum he's like oh so maybe like you could take me out on a museum to a, take me out on a date to a museum I'm like I could take you out right, <laughs> right. listen to y'all talking about those split checks and right. he's like no, no no I don't mean like you pay like you take me I'll pay whatever we're talking <laughs> I get to the steps of the train he's like so can I get your number I'm rushing I'm like yeah sure you can take my number he passes me his phone, and I, I finally, like, make really good eye contact with him. Mm-hmm. And, Chelsea, I notice that this man has one gray eye, like, fogged-out eye. Like, maybe he has a cataract. Okay. I don't know. But okay. to me, it was just, like, the whole thing was ironic. It's That's like, kind of hot. It was getting hot. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I was attracted to it, too. I was like, what's the story behind this cataract yeah. eye? Yeah. It's, like, Different. But the whole eye, the entire eye was gray. Okay.
1: What happened? Maybe you just that will be you can ask him, I think.
2: Oh, that's true. I could. Okay. So anyway, every morning since I've met him, he's been texting me with good morning, lovely. Good morning, beautiful. Not the good morning text. I love a good morning text. I do too, but like it just feels very soon. And I didn't answer him for most of the day yesterday because I fucking teach and I can't be on my phone. Right. So after two texts, after a good morning and like, how are your dreams? I didn't reply. He was like, if I should just stop texting now, just tell me. Oh, sensitive. I was like, oh, you're <laughs> fiending. <laughs> I was like, sorry, I work with children all day. I'm just not like on my phone all the time. Right. He actually you actually just drop? Yeah. Okay. I know. Well, he texts me every morning at like six o'clock in the morning. So I'm like, okay. Getting up and going to work. Right. Be like an early riser. He's an early riser. So anyway, um, he just tried to call me before we started to record. And I was like, I'll call you back. So we'll see how that goes. Oh, I'm not but, so sure about this, Chelsea, but.
1: But okay. But you're attracted to him.
2: I so maybe was... just go on a date,
1: but make sure you share your location and bring a knife in your purse.
2: Because he asked me like, do you live in the area where I met you? And I was like. Oh, to a, TMI, TMI, not yet. Um, I grew up in that area. Yes. is what I said. Yes. you out of my business. Why you want to know? Meeting okay, people on the but, street is so scary.
1: But you know what I respect? I respect that he asked for your phone number and not your Instagram.
2: Mm-hmm. I like And that. like the way he did approach me was, it was giving less cat call than it was like, I want to meet you. Right. And what was funny about what you said too, is that I had my whole ass mask on. So he still doesn't even know what my entire face looks like. I saw his whole face. I saw his gray eye. I saw everything. Well, at least you know he's vaccinated. He wasn't <laughs> wearing a <his> mask. <laughs> Actually, he works for the Department of Health. Okay. So I'm sure he's vaccinated. Okay. Um, well, I would love to hear an update on this. We'll see. TBD. TBD. My good
0: sis. That's a black girl On shit.
2: another note. Our black girl doing shit this week is Miss... Danielle Bayard Jackson, she's a certified friendship coach. She works with women primarily in heteronormative friendship relationships, and she helps women get to the bottom of their friendship woes. She conducts surveys, creates research-based strategies, and teaches women how to have better relationships with one another. Um, She also is big on tiktok so if you look her up on tiktok you can find these really short videos that she does that will answer all of your most common friendship questions um about like how to make new friends what to do if you're feeling jealous of a friend she's also a uh, publicist she's so compassionate she's so smart she's a pro you're gonna love this interview continue listening for more
1: She's also a wife and a mom. And I saw that she announced on her Instagram that she's pregnant. So by the time she hears this, I hope you hear our congratulations. That's amazing. Yes,
2: um, also, I should add, she founded a um, digital community called friend forward that provides coaching research articles and connection events for women looking to create and maintain true friendships. And She also has a podcast, which I believe is of the same name, Friend Forward. Yeah, this interview was amazing. We hope you enjoy. Yes,
0: ma'am. All right, y'all. It's time for the group chat.
2: All right, Danielle, welcome to the group chat. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, we're so excited. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the whole ethos of our podcast is the group chat, Black female friendship, and you being a friendship expert you're perfect to join us and share your expertise, but I'm curious, what is a friendship expert? What do you do? I've never really heard of that title before friendship
3: coach. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No. So, um, Two years ago, I definitely used to get people looking at me sideways, like, oh, you're a friendship coach. That's adorable. And now, you know, fast forward and people are like, oh, wait, I I think I heard of that. You know, there's a little more legitimacy, but as a coach, women bring me in to help with their top friendship issues. And if you think about it, like, especially these days, you can get support for anything like an addiction to technology to help you sleep better mom support. There's something for everything. So why not support for what I would argue is one of the most important relationships you'll ever have? So if I had to rank like the top three things women come to me for, number one, hands down would be how to make friends, but Mm. it's, there's always some qualifier. How do I make friends as a new mom, as a new graduate, Mm. as a girl who moved to a new city for work. So that's hands down the number one thing. Um, Number two would probably be help me prep for a hard conversation with this friend. Am I crazy? Is she crazy? Um, And finally would probably be to help coping with uh, a friendship breakup. And so we'll jump on. We talk for about an hour and 15 minutes and I always end with giving her homework and I follow up in a week. Did you do the homework? Let's talk about it. And so, um, so it's been really fun and it's really nice to have women allow me to come alongside them for something so important.
2: Yeah. I think it's fascinating. Um, I've been when, in preparation for talking to you. I started to think about like how crucial friendships are. They make your life full. And I think I've sometimes just not taking my friendships for granted, but I've just always assumed that they would be there. I've just always had people around me. Um, But a friend messaged me today and told me that she was feeling so deeply lonely recently. Um, I think because of the pandemic, she was really social before the pandemic, but she had a lot of party friends. And now those people have whittled away because they're not going out together. And she was like, I feel like I just have two friends now. And part of me was like, two strong friends is great but she said she feels really isolated. Um, and you mentioned loneliness and making new friends is, is a big one for you. What kind of advice would you give to somebody that's going through that?
3: Yeah. So the first thing, when it comes to like loneliness specifically, I always try to pinpoint, are you hungry for moments of connection or do you want friendship? Because sometimes they're not one in the same. Some of us really would have that, that, that ache satisfied by having moments of connection with people. So maybe that means I'm out and about and I make eye contact with somebody and we smile at each other, or we make small talk really quick for the barista. In fact, there's some research. Uh, there was a study where they had um, half of a group go into a coffee shop and they instructed them to talk to the barista. And the other half, they instructed not to do small talk and just place their order. And the people who had to do small talk came out and reported like greater feelings of feeling upbeat and light and happy. And so it just a lot of us want to connect with other people um, and we're not necessarily looking to make a bunch of new friends, but we just miss feeling like, Am I out here by myself, or am I a part of something bigger? And we yeah. need to be reminded that there's something greater than yourself, and you're not by yourself. Um, and so that's the first thing. The second thing I like to, you know, tell women who feel lonely is that remember that that's a part of the human experience. Because a lot of us mm-hmm. go down that rabbit hole of like, what does this say about me? And everybody else has mm-hmm. friends, and am I feeling like this? Which only further makes you feel isolated. So remembering that that's a part of the human experience we all feel that way and sometimes it's a a good thing to be in that season because it makes you reflective helps you get some priorities in order it's a sign you need to be connected you know so they often say you know the same way hunger is meant to Remind you to eat and feeling thirsty reminds you to drink loneliness. There's something off. I need to get connected. And so it could be a feeling to remind me, okay, I need to, I need to get connected. I need to get plugged back in. And so, you know, I kind of like to remind us of those mindset things. So we don't go down a a rabbit hole that loneliness is normal. um, But what things can you do to feel more connected?
2: Yeah. And where can people make friends? Like, I know I've had some friends move to new cities and I'll be like, I don't know, maybe go on like meetup. But I think that that sometimes feels like a little cringy. Like, am I really going to go online to meet friends? (laughs) (laughs) Like, what does that look like, making new friends, especially when you're not like at the lunch table in school, you know?
3: Yeah, yeah. And so, okay, so this becomes a struggle, especially once we hit around 25. So research tells us that our social networks actually grow exponentially until we hit about 25, at which point it starts to go down. And most of us know this to be true. We're like, okay, yeah, that checks out. And it's because just what you said, that social construct of school has been removed. And that was the backdrop you just roll in the class and your friends are there. You don't have to do anything. Or if you're in college, like in your dorm, you just walk down the hall. You're like, what's happening tonight? And that's totally removed. I think it's even worse because for some of us, the secondary level was at least finding friends at work. And now Mm -hmm. we're working from home. So it's like all those social backdrops have been removed. And now we're out here like, I don't have any practice having to hunt people down by myself, strike up conversation and have that feel organic. So, you know, the first tip I like to give is to um, stop using the phrase, make new friends synonymously with meet new people because the two aren't necessarily the same. You know, making friends is the art of cultivating something meaningful with another person. And who said that has to start from scratch? Some of us are sitting on some prime opportunities. Mm -hmm. We got friends of friends or the girl you kind of dismiss because you're like- I don't know. She's too this. I don't know if we could be. And you're sitting on a lot of opportunities already. And we always want to start fresh. So I like to say, start looking there. You probably already have some people who maybe you could extend the conversation just like, two more minutes or, you know, just share about yourself a little more than you normally would to explore. Like, okay, could we, could we possibly, you know, be social in a different space and connect in a different arena? Uh, The second thing is, you know, a lot of times we feel weird about putting ourselves out there, but we have to remember people are eager to help us. So even on social media, like if you move to a new city, like let's say I moved to Atlanta and I post something like, okay, I'm new in Atlanta. I'm not here by myself. Like what's going on tips for getting plugged in. What do I, I do here. And you'd be surprised how many people have their two cents to give. Mm -hmm. Oh, you need to go here. Oh, my cousin lives there. You guys, but people are eager to help, but we feel so self-conscious about uh, publicizing a need like that feels mm-hmm. like I'm putting myself, but people are happy to, you know, I even say sometimes ride on the coattails of your um, extrovert friends, they call them super connectors. So these are the people in our lives who thrive. And I'm sure you know, that maybe one of you are this <laughs> type, but where you thrive Shy. on bringing people together, like, Oh my God, girl, you need to meet my friend, Maria, Maria, those people ride oh. on their coattails. So can I text that friend and say, listen, I'm trying to get more plugged in and I feel like you always know what's going on. You always always have a bunch of girls around you like, like what's going on? Is there anything going on next weekend? Or the next time you go out, let me know. I'm trying to get plugged in. Like, why not make it known? Like, I see you, you've all you're always up to something. Bring me in, you know, especially for my introvert friends, that might be the best low risk way to like join in on something, but you have to make it plain. And then finally um, I'll say, you know, the meetup things I know are kind of cringy and it's like, oh my gosh, go to an online interest group. But (laughs) you know, one advantage of that is, there's a baseline. So you don't have to worry about, am I going to look weird reaching out? Everybody's there because they're trying to get connected. So it kind of removes a little of that sense of rejection. And then I always encourage women to go more than once because we'll go and be like the vibe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know. It's yeah. weird. Instead of thinking like, I expect it to be awkward. Cause I don't know them. I don't know their humor yet. I don't, I expect that I invite that. And when I show up, I'm going to show up when I show up, I'm going to engage. I'm not going to get my phone. I'm going to try to get connected. And then I ask you to go two or three times because it's a chance to like, breed familiarity like if I go three times then I can look at a girl and be like hey last week you mentioned your dog was sick like what's going on with that but I have something to work with with you um right. so those are just a couple ways to like get connected and to to spot some new opportunities for friendship
0: ah oh, I love that friends. you made it hobby based too um, I never actually did a meetup, but when I moved to the Bay area, I like, didn't really know anyone. And I was going to do like Chinese, like Mandarin club meetups Ooh. and I never did it. And I should have, I started doing them at work, but like, it is such a crucial thing. Like when you can automatically connect with someone over like a hobby, I feel like that's such good advice, totally. or, like a passion, whatever you want to call it.
1: I also, I heard you say women friendships. So what about guys? Like, should we be, well, two questions. Should we be, and can we be friends with guys? Mm. And is it like a red flag or not? If you vibe better with
3: guys than you do with girls? My gosh, so many things in that. So first, the reason I refer to women a lot is I always say I'm a female friendship um, coach just because we are so different. And I know sometimes it's like, Oh, you're generalizing. I understand. But between our biology to the way that we are um, conditioned when we're younger of things that we should be. And so whenever we come together, there's like this whole, and you know, unspoken language, like she did this. And so I make this of it and that's girl code. (laughs) Like there's so much in women coming together. I mean, there's even research that says, you know, when women are stressed, one of our responses is to seek out other women. So I'm sure you've heard of like the fight or flight response. But when they did that study, it was yeah. mostly men. So they did it again in their the nineties with women. And they found that we have more responses. One of our stress responses is to seek out other women. And when we come together, mm-hmm. it literally produces oxytocin, which decreases the stress that we had to begin with. So I, that is like just what? such a unique thing among women. So like the stereotype of like, Oh, where are going to go talk to your girls about it. And it's like, Yes, yeah, so that I don't murder you right now. I'm <laughs> going to go talk to them. That's exactly what I'm going to do. Um, but to your question about can men and women be friends, I you know I have personal opinions on that, but I don't know a lot of research on that about whether they can or can't. I know personally that personal? I. Yeah. I was going to say, what's the personal? Yeah. I always try to just get on a podcast and be like, well, here are the facts. Um, no, give us the tea. Oh, I just know that. I personally have male friends. I'm, I'm happily married. My husband has female friends. I think we have certain parameters about what now becomes appropriate and inappropriate now that we're together, but he has friends that I know that that is so pure and they have something special and, and vice versa friends who we've never had anything that would make it murky in our past. There's never been conversations. I'd be embarrassed for my husband to hear. And so I know personally I'm doing it and it's healthy. Um, but I don't know, you know, everybody's everybody Is different, um, but I do think that male friendships and female friendships are different, and there's a lot of research that you know uh, supports that too.
0: I'm gonna take it further. Can you be (laughs) friends with an ex?
3: You know, um, I don't, I don't know, (laughs) I don't, I don't know. I, you know, I will say, I will say, you know, um, I don't know. I think a lot of that stuff depends on what's acceptable to if you're in a current relationship what's acceptable to them because if they make it know that like hey that makes me uncomfortable i have to look at that relationship cuz that person's preferences and needs become priority now um i know that in a friendship you should be able to show up as yourself so if we take gender out of it you're supposed to be able to show up as yourself you should be being consistent with this person having vulnerability there should be positivity in the friendship they say those are like the three components for depth so are those three things there but i feel like as soon as there's I can't give a rule, but I would say, assess yourself and your motivations. As soon as there's anything we're like, I'm kind of emotionally dependent on this person because they know me, they get me. And so it subconsciously hinders me being able to really give to other people mm. because that special space is reserved for my ex who gets yeah. me. I see how that can become detrimental. You know, so you, Messy. my ex gets me, he just knows me in so many ways. Uh, <laughs> but is that holding you back from being able to pour into other people or invite new people in your life?
2: Right. I want to talk. Oh, go ahead, Shade. I have a question for
0: Glenn. Um, do you think that the young man that you've been seeing is a friend? I knew you were going to say that.
1: Would you put yeah. him in a friend category? How would for you? A, I don't know. A situation. No, they sleep together. Okay, next. Uh, I'm just
0: saying because to your to your point, no, you know, when, with you your were, when you were like, oh, does this person become, you know, fulfilling an emotional need that hinders you from potentially Pouring into other cups. That's quite
2: possible. That's quite possible. That's not friend okay. though. But I mean people say that there's a friends with benefits arrangement. Friends Are you benefits. really friends when you have benefits? Or is it something else? It's friends
1: with benefits, but it's not pure friend. It's, they're different. Okay, they're not merely a, no, the Purely a Yeah,
2: anyway. but that's a
1: different category. It's not it's not a friend.
2: It's not like a pure Are friend. you the expert? No, I'm kidding. <laughs>
1: Well, Danielle said she didn't know, about
2: this, know the men
1: part
0: okay. this. Yeah, you might
2: be. well, <laughs> I wanted to talk about breakups, but friendship breakups, and I was curious for Chelsea and Chade, and I'll share too. Have you ever been through a friendship breakup? What was it like? What happened? How did you feel?
1: Well, y'all know I have. Um, so I had known a girl since I was literally like eleven or twelve. Like I remember we got our periods together, um, and like we were sisters. Like you couldn't see her without seeing me. Um, And that was like my best friend. And, but like, you know, the friends that like your mom always like, doesn't really like, Mm -hmm. like, because they always do like shady things to you. Um, Well, she was that friend. Um, And eventually it like kept happening, kept happening. And I got older and kind of just like got tired of it. Um, And so we're no longer friends. Thank you to her though. Because of her, I met my boyfriend. Um, but yeah, How did you I feel think, when yeah. it ended, um, when it ended, I mean, I definitely felt very, or did you sad. break it off? It just kind of, I just was like, I'm not reaching out to you anymore. And then she didn't reach out to me anymore. And it was just like weird. And then we saw each other at a party and I was like, I'm not saying anything. Hmm. And it was just like, it, it did kind of suck because like we grew up together um, but it wasn't a good friendship, like looking. I mean, we had good moments and good times and like good memories. But like, if you think about like a real friend, I don't think that's what it looks like.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: I think in the long run, it's OK. It hurt yeah. at first, though, for sure. But now totally.
0: i okay. I mean, you guys all know about my friendship breakup. Um the listeners don't ma'am you're absolutely right um (laughs) yes so very similar to chelsea i grew up with this best friend and we did everything together we were very close she was like very close to my family actually on the on a previous episode i mentioned that i wasn't able to make it to my grandmother's funeral like she was at my grandmother's funeral like it was like that level of like closeness but to be honest i was the bad friend in this well okay i won't solely place blame on myself there was a lot going on but like i kind of like was not i felt like we were almost dating Mm. and that like we no not like that chelsea but like in (sighs) that the dynamic was like when you're with someone and you start to feel like you're growing apart Mm. like i could i could associate it to that sentiment of like your high school sweetheart or you know something like that where like all you know is one another but like we were definitely growing apart in like our interests and just like the things we were doing and it was just like very challenging and I started to feel like I want to break up or like I want to kind of like change this dynamic but I didn't know how to express that so I kind of just like fizzled out and it was just like it was bad wait can
1: I just say something yeah as an outsider yeah it always seems like for me that you all's friendship kind of broke up because she didn't necessarily fit in with your new friends. Really? That's how I always saw it. I, I see Danielle just shaking her head like, like mm-hmm.
0: yeah, I, I'm, I, Danielle, I'm, exi- I'm excited for you to like break this down for us. Well, so for me, yes, a lot, my lifestyle changed a lot. I was doing different things that she didn't necessarily like agree with or like co-sign on at the time. Cause now, uh. you know, everybody everybody's doing it now um and so it was like hard yeah because at times I would feel kind of like judged and I I just didn't know like how to navigate that I did not have the emotional intelligence or the words to kind of communicate like hey like I think you and I are changing and our dynamic needs to change like I'll never forget feeling like this anxiety around hanging out but Mm because I didn't know like how to say how I felt and so I being like really young and dumb and I still am a very poor communicator just kind of like allowed it to fizzle away opposed to like communicating hey this is how I feel so that was a that was a weird one
2: and that's probably the most hurtful part right for the other person that you definitely just yeah it it was
0: really bad we we literally had like a breakup like we had like a sit-down breakup conversation and it was so weird and like I'm, it was crazy, but I I wish her nothing but the best. And like, we are cordial now, but it was just so crazy. Like we've knew each other since we were like 11 or 12. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That was an awkward time. I we know. Married. So
2: the, my friend that I had a breakup with was a part of this kind of circle that we were all in. And she and I were like this, like we were like merged into a, a one. It felt like. And then there was this like weird infatuation that we had with each other. That was interesting. Yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> um, So I think that made it more complicated. And Shade mentioned this whole thing. It felt like we were dating, but because I always felt like I owed her so much. Like I wanted to prove to her so much that I was like there for her. And I was always wondering, like, mm. why am I feeling this pressure from this relationship? It shouldn't feel like this. Um. So there was that. And then we kind of fell out on, on, because of, like, something so minor. <laughs> because of me, kind yeah, of. Yeah, Sade kind of, like, it, it, this is a long story. We can tell. Mm, we can, maybe we'll mess. talk about it on our Patreon. But it felt like she was so ready to, like, toss me aside because of that. And, like, she kind of would just work up narratives in her mind. And once they were in her mind, she ran with them. And I also didn't feel comfortable, like, sitting down and speaking with her to just hash it all out. I was just, like, it whatever and then i ended up with a long email of all the reasons why she'll she'll never talk to me ever again which she cc'd all of our friends on i
0: forgot about
2: this yes so it was messy so
1: messy (laughs) i was literally just gonna say the common thread is that none of us had like a proper breakup but I mean, I guess you kind of did. She sent you an email. No,
2: she got the last word, I guess. <laughs>
0: well, to be honest, this is actually a question for Danielle And thinking about, I think a common thread between the three of us is we didn't feel like we had the communication. Yes. Like we didn't have like the, the tools and the toolkit to like, whether it was going to be like, hey, we're breaking up or hey, like let's work on this. Like we didn't have that foundation. And so,
1: so my my question though, Danielle is, if a friendship is going down South, right? Yes. Should you let it go? Or should you, especially if you've like invested years, should you, is there a way to repair it? Like any advice on like, you, you feel the friendship kind of
3: going bad. What should you do? Oh my god, so much here! First of all, um, I know each I'm sorry. of your stories. No, <laughs> each of your stories is so intriguing and reflective of of things that I hear all the time. Like, of course, your your personalities, your experiences, and the details are all going to be different and unique to you. But it's just so interesting to hear each of your stories and what happened. Um, you know, a couple things. One, this is why I really appreciate that show, Insecure, so much. Because I have a question
2: about that because
3: Ollie is wrong, whose wrong. team? Are you on? <laughs> oh my because gosh so communication yes yes. Yeah. yes you just want to shake them but I have to say and and maybe you, you've seen other examples it was the first example I've seen in media of the nuances of a friendship breakup like that was the storyline it wasn't yes. the romance it was like mm-hmm. you know even little things like there was just one scene where they're in the grocery store together in the last season and they're like are we off? Mm. Yeah, we're off. And it just like gave me goosebumps because I'm like, how many of us do that? Like checking mm. in on the pulse of like, something's weird, right? Yeah. Something's weird. Okay. We need to talk about this. Yeah, we do. And it's just like, mm. it was beautiful to me because, you know, you know, Glenn, you mentioned it earlier, but about like the narrative, because a lot of us, I say all the time, I believe that too many female friendships in prematurely because we don't know how to do the conflict part. And we'd rather yes. just kind of like, fade out. But in, I, I always do it with men. Yeah, exactly. And I always say, you know, I like to put things in a romantic context because it makes sense to us. We're like, Oh, of course, talk it out. But with a friend, we're like, Ooh, I don't know. What do you think she meant by that? So I'll go to my (laughs) friends and assess all the things, but I won't turn around and put my head on a swivel to her and be like, I feel like we're weird. Tell me I'm wrong. What's Mm. happening? Are we good? We won't do that. And we've developed an entire story. And then our behavior is in response to the self-generated story. And so she had no part in the dialogue that you, that you designed and scripted Mm. in your head. She didn't get to play a role. And so now that's where we have the whole, I don't know what happened. I don't know. Cause you never told her or we're not Mm. honest. Some of us. And I think that has to do with some cultural conditioning, you know, how we're raised, but a lot of us won't tell her. So we will check in and be like, are we good? Yeah, we're good. What are you talking about? You know, Mm -hmm. we're good. We're cool. Uh, You know, so we do a lot of that because we've been taught that, you know, it's a, it's attractive on a woman to be likable. Don't be drama. So I don't want to be drama. And if I tell her like, actually I'm not good. Am I making it a big deal? And so we kind of retreat into that. I have a question for you, Danielle, because some people retreat when you try to
1: talk things out, like when you're like, Hey girl, this bothered me. I want to tell you, it's on my chest. You're my friend. I want to tell you. And then they take that as, oh, you want drama or conflict.
3: Right. You know what Which, I mean? Yeah. So like, yeah, totally. And I think that's why a lot of us do. Oh no, we're good. You know, we're good. Cause we don't want to do the conflict, but we have to normalize conflict in friendship. We expect it in romance. So we're equipped to like, I know we got to talk it out. We got, we have to normalize that in friendship. Like if I go into it knowing, we're going to butt heads and she's going to say something I really don't like that rubs me the wrong way and I'm probably going to unintentionally hurt her. That is a part of any relationship between people that is inevitable, but for some reason whenever that emerges in a female friendship we take it as an indicator of oh
2: okay Mm. so I guess
3: we're not as as close as we thought I guess we weren't as and you know I think a lot of things contribute to that I think the whole fantasy that we see of how female friendship is supposed to be easy like we just click like she just gets me and so Mm. when there's a sign that it's going to be some work we're like mm." oh I don't know I'm not gonna
0: lie when I have like conflicts with friends I'm like why are they acting like they're my boyfriend leave uh me alone (laughs)
1: That's not good to do. And I do go there. Is, is there like a compatibility factor? Like even if you think mm. about zodiac signs, like maybe some people like friends that are just like good with the okie doke and they'll just go along with everything you say. Maybe some people like friends who will challenge them. Like, is, is that a thing
2: too? And can I add one thing, Danielle? Cause I saw on your TikTok that you talked about Enneagrams, I think. Yeah. So See, I don't, I I, I
3: like to like mention them kind of as like a joke, like you put an eight and a two together and it's like going to be something, but I do know that, yes, there are sure, you know, there are preferences. There are some people who are like, you know, I prefer this personality type or I want my, but here's what's dangerous to me. If your preference is easy friendship, Mm -hmm. I think that is a, a dangerous expectation. So I might have a preference for, you know, more mellow people because loud people drain me or something like that. I get it and I get it, but anything like, I just don't want drama in my friendships. I'm sorry, but drama, meaning quite literally like the ups and downs drama is inevitable when you put two people together. Now the toxicity and the dysfunction, that's something different, but as far as bumping heads and oh, I thought, I thought you meant this. Well, I got it. I need to communicate to you what I need. These are my boundaries. Mm-hmm that is normal. And what makes me nervous is if we're running any time that happens, we're going to be continually starting from scratch or building friendships mm-hmm. where we're not going as deep as we could, because sometimes depth and closeness that you're looking for is on the other side of that hard conversation. Mm-hmm. You know. And you know, you, we've had conversations romantically, platonically where afterwards you're like, Oh my God, I didn't know that. Wow wow, thank you for telling me that. And you just like see this person in a new way and you feel so close to them. It's sitting on the other side of that hard conversation you really don't want to have. Um, and so we've just kind of make, we've got to make it normal, you know, to your question about, um, well, how do you know when to rekindle it or let it go? I think a sign to let it go is one, if it's toxic, which people use that word very loosely. I always say that it means if you have a boundary, the person heard your boundary. That is the mm-hmm. key because we'll be like, oh, she crossed my boundaries. Oh, did you tell her what they were? Well, no, I right. shouldn't have to because, well, we're starting right there. She, <laughs> she should know. Yeah. Right. So toxic to me is a person knows your boundaries, you communicated them and they're like, mm-hmm, I hear you not going to do that. So if I say like, girl, I can't talk about these things or I don't want to do this anymore. It makes me uncomfortable. And you minimize, oh my God, you're so sensitive. You said that. Okay. So I think that's a sign it's time to end. If you don't care anymore which sounds harsh but you know sometimes you have that friend you're like she's a nice person <laughs> but like I can't even muster up the energy to keep this up like it feels like a lot to keep this up that's a sorry, side don't make of me. A <laughs> I'm sorry
0: but th- I've been there and I feel like such a bitch I I honestly feel I'm like the worst friend I'm like oh my god I can't do this get me out of this
3: Yeah, but when you're like no longer interested, or when we have women who say, um, ah, but we've been friends for so long, like you owe it to history to keep it Mm. going. But that's really sad. I mean, I think there's something honorable about that. There's something special about man, y'all have been friends 25 years. But if you're keeping it up because it's been so long, that's kind of sad. Um, and then if you've outgrown each other, like there's there's really nothing to talk about and you don't care to be updated on her life. You don't really, you don't care. You know, those are signs. Okay. Maybe you, you've outgrown it. It's time to move on. You know, they say half of our friendships, um, we replace half of our friendships every seven years. So you almost got to come to expect, you know, some of those. Okay. Go, oh, me okay, wait, a little wait. Bit-
1: okay. So my question, Danielle, because you said why not to go back to a friend and basically the way how I heard that is if you ain't feeling it, don't go back. So, okay, why would you rekindle a friendship?
2: I bet you want to know how Danielle is going to answer that question, but you have to wait until next week for part two. We've already been here for a little while, so we're doing a part one and part two on this episode. However, if you want to hear part two right now, you can do so if you are a Patreon subscriber. Part two is already up right now on our Patreon. Go listen now. Otherwise, Come back here for part two next week or sign up if you really want to hear it right now. You should sign up because our Patreon comes with all types of perks. It's patreon.com slash blackgirlstexting. You know where to find us at blackgirlstexting on Instagram. Uh, email us at hello at texting. And our website is blackgirlstexting.com. Until next week, give love to your friends, y'all. Maybe send them a card. Bye.